Hey everybody, it's Michael, and before we start today's special Halloween L-Files episode, guess what? We have some Patreon shoutouts. That's right. Oh yeah. This show is not possible without listeners like you and your support. So I want to thank everybody who has joined us over at Bigfoot Collectors Club, The Other Side, on Patreon.com. Our most recent converts include... Bailey Egan, thank you. Will Kadra, thank you. Bob Yee, thank you. James Wyatt, thank you. Carlos Mejia, thank you. Alexandra, thank you. Alexandra. Joseph Kuntz, thank you. Rachel L., thank you. Christy Hicks, thank you. Carolyn Chow, upgraded to $5 a month. Yeah, Carolyn. She's unlocking all those bonus episodes. You go, girl. Kimberly Castaneda, thank you. Our very own Bryce Johnson hey, joined the me. Patreon. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks he, for joining yeah. us. Yeah. That's right. We're not awesome. only uh, the president of Bigfoot Collectors yeah. Club, the other side. Yeah. We're also members. That's how much uh, I believe in this company. That's right. Casey Stewart. Thank you. Katie A. Thank you. Cassandra White. Thank you. I hope I don't screw this up. Sion Gunson. Thank you. Barbara Perry. Thank you. Jen Connolly. Thank you. Tyler Bentz. Wow, there's so many. Thank you, I Tyler. Know. Seriously. Neofay's son of Blaine's Las Casio. Best name of all. Thank you. And probably a, a fellow supporter on page or a creator on Patreon. Maybe awesome. check them out. I don't awesome. know who they are. Allison D. Thank you. And finally, Hannah Gray. You rock, Hannah. That's everyone who has joined since our last L-Files episode. Dude, that's insane. I know, it's crazy. You guys are so rad. Um, Over on the other side, we have over 70 bonus episodes and mini-sos for your enjoyment. So head over to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club today and experience everything that we have to offer. Which is a lot. It's almost like double uh, what we have for free on all, all available podcast. Uh, That's what I'm saying, guys. Yeah. We got a bunch of shit over there. Got a lot of Go stuff. Go check it out. Support the show. Feel good about it. Mm-hmm. It costs you five bucks a month to unlock all those bonus episodes. Yeah. That's what? That's like a price of a, a of an almond spiced pumpkin latte. That's Half right. Sweet. Half, <laughs> Half sweet. Half sweet. That's right. And you know, we're all sweet. Because over on Bigfoot Collectors Club, <laughs> the other side, when you give us $5 a month and support the show, unlock those reward episodes, we say kisses. Mm-hmm. And now, it's on to today's show! It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> Pumped and I love that spooky <laughs> Halloween version that Riley has been dropping all month long. Yes. That's right, everybody. Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club. 
the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your ghost, Michael <laughs> McMillan. With me always nice. is your other ghost, Bryce Johnson. And our supernatural. Wow. All right. Producer. I was wondering if you're going to land that, Riley Bray. Wow. Guys. <laughs> Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! And happy two-year anniversary Jeez. to the old clubhouse. Wow. Bigfoot wow. Collectors Club. That's right. Two that's, years ago, on October insane. 31st, which is tomorrow, yeah. Bryce Johnson and Michael McMillan released their very first episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, Episode Zero, Origins. Yep. Where we told our personal paranormal histories mm -hmm. involving an alien at the window, mm -hmm. in my case, and a red glowing devil at the window, yeah. in your case. Both of us, also, synchronicity, we've never talked about it, the fact that both of our things were at windows. Yeah, I know. Isn't that creepy? Even my ghost story about Lois Grunow at Interlock Through Arts Academy in a window. Yeah, man. Windows uh, are portals. So uh, we didn't know. We didn't know if we were going to like be able to keep this shit going. No. We didn't even have... The Clubhouse or Supernatural producer Riley Bray yet? No. We uh, found him through another act of synchronicity. I'll cut the surprise. We wouldn't have been able to keep it going. <laughs> yeah. So you would have bailed so I, hard oh on me, God. and I would have been so bummed, and then we would not be talking anymore. And I would have just been sitting here alone. I know, I know. with all these great occult books on your shelf. <laughs> and we never would have met today's guest. Returning nope. to the show, yep. you know her. You love her. She's part of the Clubhouse. That's right. She's a music artist. Fam, y'all. She's fam. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, Ms. Grace Mitchell. Yay! Grace! Yay. Boo! Hello! Uh, oh, I should Ooh, say, I like should I say... G guest uh, ghost, dude. Uh, guest ghost. Right. Guest, no, because uh. you're ghost oh. guest. Ghost oh, no, guest. yeah, ghost How, guest. Right, right, right. Ha house haunting guest. House guest? I don't know. Yeah. House goose. <laughs> <laughs> She's a goose. She's a goose. I'm a goose. Half um, goose, half ghost. Grace, Grace Mitchell, Mitchell would be Lacey. Mm, come on, I, help me out. Uh, uh, Laceration Ditch. Oh. What scary. the fuck is going on? I'm trying on? to come up with that like a scary. Oh my God. Scary what about name? Grave Mitchell? There Grave Mitchell. That's perfect. Grave Ditchell. I like Grave Ditchell. There was this one time Grave in, in high right school where, where somebody tried to make Grace Bitchell a thing. Oh, and, um, you shut that and down. I heard, and I heard about it and I was like, uh uh. And fucking shut that shit down so oh, yeah man no grace mitchell but grave mitchell for halloween yes and of course I, we have our resident um yeti here with us yeah nova nova what's Nova? i remember name? when i was he in high like school i got uh i got coined vanilla bryce and I, <laughs> instead of fighting it i just kind of i kind of let it take it. over because I, I, I knew the ice ice baby dance from start to finish and I mean, we good. both know and i let it roll that that was like they dug it they the dug best it. day of your life. Yeah, you yeah, coined we, that. We all, know we all know that you coined he was like, that. Have you guys heard people are calling people me are calling Vanilla Bryce? Vanilla Bryce. I shopped at Cross Colors, uh, which is all this like hip hop flair. And I like I wore these like my first day in high school. I wore like these bib overalls that had like sayings on them, like tokens only, yeah. and and just like and I was like you know wore one over to the side. Oh my and that, god, it was, it was awesome. I was so rad. That's, trying yeah, so hard were. to be I so mad. You, you were you were cool in high school, huh? Uh, really? <laughs> no, I, I was. See you as a I cool was. Guy. I, I was pretty cool. cool, but I think I was trying I so hard to be 
cool then. And uh, <laughs> pulled some wool. Pulled <laughs> No, I didn't. I, I lost my virginity very late. Um, okay. How late? To his was, wife, Dawn. No, yeah. no, How not late? that. Late. I'm sure I'm How the late? latest. Oh no, no way. I was, I was 19, dude. Oof, I, was I did not get laid in what high school. Yeah, I know, totally. I was college as well. I was, yeah. I was of drinking age. This probably wow. explains yes. a lot. Whoa. I was <laughs> terrified of intimacy. I was 11 years old. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Just wow. Kidding. wow, this just episode kidding. really is dark. Never mind. These are the true things that haunt us every Halloween. The awkward teenage years oh, of yesteryear. Um, guys, before we get on with today's show, it's been two years. I'm yep. so happy to have you all in my life. I'm so happy that we have our listeners out there that have been supporting the show. Um, thank you, guys. It's been awesome. I'm so excited that we've come this far. Yep. Do you guys have any favorite... I'm putting you a little bit on the spot. Do you have any mm. favorite podcast memories? Grace has been there for a lot of them, so I yeah. thought that maybe this would, this would mm. be a good opportunity to ask oh man are you asking me sure yeah, so, yeah anyone jump I mean, in i gotta say like first thing that comes to mind is all of our movie nights which yes. are oh, available yeah. on the on the patreon we gotta get back to those we have not done one in a man, while are those so fun i I kind of, I kind of wish it would be great if one day, like in my dreams, we could, like, I don't know, invite a bunch of guests or something and do a huge one because it oh, is like a so cinema fun. night. Yeah, like a cinema night. What if we like got, you know, we got it, it became this huge thing and we rented out a theater. That I don't would know. Be fun. That like would an, be a, a blast. little outdoor an angel investor projection. bought yeah. us a theater. If we get really <laughs> guys, if you get, if you get right. us huge. <laughs> If right. you spread word about the show, we could start hosting Bigfoot movie nights at oh, Alamo God. Draft House yeah, they're, yeah. They're around the country. Come on, guys! Mm. Yeah, do takes, a tour. Oh my God, movie night tour. All it would we take. We do a movie night at that uh, the Bigfoot Lodge. That'd be a great. That'd place. be really fun. I'm sure they have a projection screen. That'd yes, be perfect. We got to do some more live shows. Mm. I mean, the live shows that we've done of uh, so those fun. are some of my favorite memories. Absolutely, really going to Contact in the Desert and then going to Salt Lake City was was awesome. Yeah, so fun. Um, seeing, I like anything where we get to actually meet the listeners. Mm. Is pretty rad. Um, I'm trying to think yeah. other in studio memories. One of my fondest memories is the day that we decided that you guys were going to stop paying me and we were all going to be partners <laughs> together. Right. Oh my and god, I, that I, was one of my yeah, we were happy with that too. Yeah. I awkwardly brought it up in front of the guest after oh the show. And I was like, You guys, I, I kind of want to talk to you about this. I think I want to like be we were a like, real part oh, of the show. Cash. Dude, I am so <laughs> glad you did that because I, in my we head, did. I was like, I was spelling out, Well, I just, kept, I just kept hearing Don say, Wait. This, not only is this taking up all of your time, and you're paying for it too. <laughs> Just so glad we. Uh... Dawn listened to one episode of this show. Yes, she has. She was. She <laughs> Which was, one? Uh, I don't know. She she was like listening the other day, and she's like, "Yeah, it's not my thing." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> nice. I appreciate her honesty. Yeah, I, know, I do too. But you know, that was the it. day for me that the clubhouse cohered yeah you know and he's like okay we're it. all doing this together we're in this together this is this is our show together these aren't clients anymore thank god right. these are my friends to brothers show. bigfoot oh, brothers Bam. we're brothers bigfoot. bigfoot guys we're transcending from bigfoot boys yeah. into the bigfoot brotherhood i know i love <laughs> it. season three year I guess three I'll just, uh, excuse myself oh, no, you can no. be a brother yeah it's oh, not okay. it's not a gender-based yeah. brother no 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 it's a brotherhood it's an yeah. it's it's an alliterative thing right right um i remember one episode where uh, be a Sasquatch sisterhood. Yeah, too. your Sasquatch yeah. sisterhood. Mm. Love that. Sorry, Thanks. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, 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 it's fine. Um, where we had uh, one of our guests, Anna Camp, who was coming on, and 
And uh, you know, Mike was like, "Okay, she's got a she's got a lot of social media followers. Let's hit her up with something cute and adorable, which everybody loves. Let's, let's give do, it a big name episode. Really blow this episode, out. So blow it out. Let's do the Yeti. And I was like, "Yeah, that's fucking awesome." And then as I started to do the research, I was like, oh, there's so much Yeti stuff. And I was reading the 37th parallel uh, by Ben <laughs> Mesrick, which just happens to be about, uh, well, cattle mutilations. <laughs> and so it came time for High Strangest. And Mike's like, oh, all right, here we go. This is exciting. And I was like, Anna, what do you know about cattle mutilations? <laughs> and Mike's face was like, no! <laughs> Yeah, before that, I was like, so you got your Yeti stuff? He's like, actually, I'm going to do the paranormal highway. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. No, actually, (laughs) that's cool. A lot of UFOs there. And he just opens with animal (laughs) mutilation, right? (laughs) Exsanguation. I was like, oh, she did it really well, though. She did. She did, though, right? Yeah, it was great. It turned out to be one of the best moments of the show. Yeah. Some of my favorite memories are all of Bryce's high strange. Just Chupacabra with Tom Link comes to mind. That was a great one where you just went into... Explaining the plot of <laughs> species. <laughs> species. Wait, is that also the one where you started reading Amazon reviews? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah well, what, which oh one were God, you? Yeah, funny. what was the episode uh, was... where you were just reading some woman's like Amazon <laughs> review of a I book that you didn't review. read? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. This was, it was all such a good review. It needed to be shared. Honestly, oh I should just not even ever give you any suggestion because oh when you God. don't take my advice, it always turns out amazing. <laughs> um, Researching the stories of high strength strangeness is always very it, it i put a lot of like it's i take it so seriously and i want to like get to the bottom of the phenomena so right. it can become like so overwhelming where michael's just like dude just tell the story and that's great and it's like no but i gotta like try and like figure out what's going on and right. and who the players are and what it's, it all means i mean and, listen i get it i sometimes so i obviously get weirdly passionate about certain topics but at the end of the day i have to remind myself like that's not our job our job here is just to tell the stories and celebrate the high strangeness of it all amen let the listener decide amen it's a lesson that i have to learn a lot yeah um because you know i like to inject my opinions you know another thing though that i've really loved about doing this uh, this podcast now for this long is is i guess maybe credibility isn't the right word but like getting in communication with all these people who i admire so much in the uh in this sort of paranormal world and you can like see it on our feeds and stuff like talking uh to people like you know john tenney and greg and dana newkirk and just and ryan spray yeah, from and meeting in the like skies. linda s godfrey li- linda s godfrey and, uh, and uh, jeremy corbell friend corbell, of the show all the people Man. that we really admire it's nice to like be in sort of that that circle of the strange now, wow. which uh, mm-hmm. yeah, circle just of big, the strange. Y'all are like some that. big players now, basically. Yeah, right. I yeah. know. It feels You're like, like in it to it, win it. We're big footballers. Oh man, can I? Oh, that's that was good. Can I say I wanted to add to one of my most favorite things is when we went to Jeremy Corbell's. Uh, uh, the Bob Lazar, the Bob the Lazar screening, screening yes. and I was like, "What the?" I was like, "I'm at a red carpet alien event." Oh yeah, right that now. was fun. <laughs> and there was a there was a step and repeat, and I was like, "Man, this is so cool that we're like, yeah, we're like in the world. We're like at the exclusive premiere of like an alien How thing." Crazy I was like, that? "That is so cool." Think about the timing of this all hitters, too, man. because like right after that, like Corbell went on Joe Rogan, and it mm-hmm. started this whole 
whole Area 51. Yeah. Uh, Unintentionally. Uh, unintentionally. Come on the show, Joe this Rogan. whole alien stock thing. And, you know, right when our podcast came out, that big New York Times article dropped. And it seems like just like, God, timing is everything in, in, in anything that you do. But it's like, I feel like we slipped right into the stream of this thing. And yeah. the, the timing was just been incredible. Sidebar. We recently met a girl that went to the Storm Area 51 thing. Oh, no way. told us about it. For starters, she told she, us that she's part alien. She is an alien. Oh, so wow. She's not part so, alien. She's an alien. Well, she's part human. She No, she told me she was an alien <laughs> well, she and alien trapped in a ancestry. human body. Alien you, ancestry. Yeah. No way. But she I talked to her a lot. Yeah, you did. You guys Because I was like, oh, you're an alien? Please tell me more. <laughs> yeah. But so she said that about what three to five thousand people actually showed yeah, up to wow. the event. So Absolutely, more than what people were saying. That's pretty. She big. also said there was some weird stuff happening where a lot of um, conspiracies. People's cell phones were like stopping working in certain places, and people were noticing that photos were just uh, disappearing from their phones. Oh, weird! So there were a lot of conspiracy theories floating about. Oh, I right. bet. Another really interesting thing she said that there were several decoy events oh. before the main event set up right. to, to detract people off. So they, Jeremy Corbell was the, main the decoy one. event. Really? Yeah, down the... So, I mean, I wouldn't... He threw it further down, 30 well, no, miles down the road. there was one in Vegas, too, at a Vegas And there was club. one in Vegas. There's that one, too. But so she said, like a few uh, making your way down the road, you'd see right. it and it'd be like, just a few people hanging out to be like, oh, this is a bust. Wow. So that was interesting. Well, little... she said that she'd get to it and she'd be like, is this it? Like, is what is this where we're at? Is this our spot? We're camping out here? And they'd be like, they'd be like, yeah, yeah. And then, and then she'd hear, she'd be like, oh, where are you? Where where's all my friends? And they would be like at a different location. Weird. So conspiracy strange. theories there. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. I mean, Budweiser came out with an alien can. This is how that was in Vegas. This is how those. big this subject is. Bought. Well, they bought, also realized you know? we can make money. We can, sell we can make more money in Vegas than we can in Nevada. You have to celebrate a good old tasty sure. BL with yeah. an yeah. alien on it. It was I mean, a good. God. We bought a bunch of those beers. We did. I bet. But yeah, she said that the uh, the event itself was a really positive vibe. She said that a lot. It was. The people that were there were, you know, had the you know, that open mind and the high uh, energetic yeah. vibration. Yeah. And she said it was a, a really great time. I bet so they'll do it again next year. I bet this thing goes on uh, for years to come. All right. Well, maybe yeah. we'll go to Alien Stock next yeah. year. Yeah. Hell yeah. We'll see. It all depends on how Don wants to celebrate your anniversary. <laughs> it does fall on the same day. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, uh, again, it's the wrap up of our Halloween month. Um, but before we get to your listener stories and your Halloween stories, we have a little bit of uh, Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-
So normally the universe's trend towards disorder is a fundamental law, the second law of thermodynamics. It says more formally that any system can only move from more to less ordered and that the chaos or disorder of the system, its entropy, entropy. can never decrease. But an international team of scientists led by research researchers at the Moscow Institute of Physics and Technology think they may have discovered a loophole. For their experiment, the scientists use IBM's simple public, uh, public quantum computer program, which uses two qubits, two units, like a regular computer bit, can be a one or zero. But unlike regular computer bits, qubits can also take a form called superposition, where they mm -hmm. are both one and zero at the same time. Wow. wow. A good visual for the idea of entropy is breaking an egg into a skillet, and once that egg spills out, yes. there's no way to get that egg back to right. what it once and th was. And that's a great example. In this article, they open with the idea of a glass shattering or sure. a mirror falling to the ground and shattering. We're right. going to return to that visual in a minute. So the scientists then ran a different program, which tells the computer to run... Oh, wait. Oh, okay. So the scientists set up the computer so that both qubits are zeros. According to quantum laws, the simple passage of time will cause the computer to fall out of this order so that the qubits are soon in a random assortment of ones, zeros, or both. So that's the entropy. Great. But scientists can also cause this to happen by running a program on their simple two-qubit computer. The scientists then ran a different program, which tells the computer to run backward. They then ran the first program again and were able to recover their original 00 state about 85% of the time. Wow. They published their results back in March 13th in Scientific Reports. The tricky part of the program is telling the computer to run backward, effectively making time run backward. Scientists investigated this, quote-unquote, in the wild by isolating a single electron and calculating how long it would take for random uh, uh, per uh, perturbations in the universe to cause such an effect. They found that even if they studied 10 billion electrons every second, it would take the lifetime of the universe for such a phenomenon to happen just one time. Wow. Wow. That's Whoa. why you'll never drop a handful of glass shards, or in Bryce's example, an egg, and see them leap together to form an unbroken mirror or egg, while a dropped mirror will almost always splinter into many pieces. The system will always tend towards disorder. But by forcing order... To rise from disorder with a quantum computer program, scientists may have found a way around this basic physical law. Mm. Wow, I mean, wow. This is heady, heady shit. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That's Hard to visualize, to but this is kind of cool. Right. So they're yeah. they're figuring out a way to reverse entropy, basically, yeah. which is it could be unlocking the key to reversing time. Well, and, you know, wow, wow. larger ideas point to, I mean, some scientists think that, you know, when they learned that the universe was expanding, that it therefore also must shrink. And that was the idea that the universe could never, you know, uh, close in on itself, close in on itself because it had already entropied. So, you know, the idea is that the universe is continually expanding wow. at a faster rate. Uh, to never come back again, but just in an infinite expansion. I always picture it going out, 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 and then it starts to collapse in on itself. Yeah, I do too. I always imagined it as like a like a breathing, like a pranic yeah. breath. Right, like, right. you know, the universe expands and contracts, expands mm -hmm. and contracts, expands, you know, and it's the great cycle of time. But mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting that 
they're simulating this digitally because I think that I don't know. Riley and I have talked about this before about you know uploading consciousness into software after yeah. we die and getting to that point where maybe our consciousness could be turned into binary, mm. and then maybe in that universe we have the ability to turn back time through like a program. Yeah, like, yeah we live some sort of experience digitally. In our doing it with these qubits or quantum bits, which yeah. is crazy that's like philip k dick shit i don't i don't yeah, know we are in a time wow. of scientific exploration that could really just blow the mind i mean if we start looking at consciousness and then the idea or theory of time and and breaking some headway into it i mean things could really get funky here's yeah. what i don't understand about that so it seems like they're just making a new set of rules and doing it based on those rules it's not doing it within the actual rules of this reality like whereas if it's i random if I that's filmed, why it's weird if i filmed a glass being dropped and it broke, and then I just reversed it. Well, I I, really, I think essentially what they're understand. doing is they're actually writing a new program that will have the um, that teaches the computer to reverse the experiment in a way that they actually retain eighty five percent of the time the original ordered um, field. So it is it is moving the program. Like again, this is all on the quantum. This is all above our heads, right. but they are basically. You, through this through this quantum computer reversing time within that program essentially right riley's wondering why that's any different than rewinding i think i think you could think of it like this think about it almost predicting uh what would happen with those digits uh when you start the reverse process so imagine it's starting at zero zero right yeah and then it spits out starts spitting out one and ones and zeros now it's gone into entropy right yeah say that exists for let's say a, a million digits right so now you have a million digits on paper right yeah now you start the process again only this time you reverse it. Right. The first digit of that of the reversal process will be the last digit of the process that went forward in entropy. Yeah. And it will be it will be the exactly identical okay. to that the, from the future right. of those the, million digits. The difference that, is okay. the difference yeah. is they're at, instead of rewinding the film, You're starting they're actually the rewinding the broken glass. You're starting right. at the end and getting back. They're not to the rewinding beginning. the. They're they're actually trying to put the egg back together, but they're using they're doing it with these quantum bits, which is unheard of if you think so about okay. it. Okay, I, I, so I, I, I interpreted what you just said as like instead of taking this linear line of numbers and starting from the end and going back again, they're just starting from the beginning, and yet, it, it, and then it's going. F- in the reverse starting from the beginning pretty so much it's, so it's not just rewinding one linear thing it's starting a whole it's new a fresh thing thought. yes fresh yeah. thing and yet it's 85 percent of the time 85 yeah, exactly of the time they're getting reverse, those zeros right exactly starting from zero zero every time they're able to restore right. order from disorder that please was a hit thing. bong now yeah <laughs> <laughs> reset bongs now okay we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back it's time for your halloween stories sweet I think time time is just the way our consciousness experiences. The, That's why I think yeah, it's a dimension. dimension. No, we just course. experience one sliver a, of it. It's a yeah, filtered it's dimension. Much. It's like Absolutely. going pages. That's page to guys. No, I, I know that. I do. Th- I, I I actually think it is kind of like the way that a book is unchanging, mm-hmm. unless you go in and rewrite it. I guess it's always just a book. But I th- I think it is a construct. I think if time travel exists. It's already happened, 
and therefore you can't change the past. Right. Because if you could, it would have already happened. Because mm. we're already living in the result of any time travelers going in the past and trying to fuck with the time stream. Ah, feedback loop. Dude, did you, Vibes. speaking of cool scientific shit, how about that article about that blob that I sent you? That was cool. It's this blob that is able to, uh, they don't know if it's a, a, If I'm trying to find the article about it, but. Uh, is it a deep sea blob? No, it's like a fungus or like a, a spore, but it, it's, it doesn't have a brain, obviously, but it, yet it seems to respond to these intelligence It knows tests. all the songs of Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> no, they like they set food on the other side of this obstacle, and it finds a way to get to the food and learn from its mistakes, which, which implies sentience like in a, in a strange way. Life uh, finds, finds a way. way. Yeah, I know. It's fucking crazy. Anyway, <laughs> we'll, right. we'll, we'll, we'll put the link in the bio cool. in, uh, in the show notes. Great. Speaking of time and such we've been recording for a while now yay let's jump into this week's listener files uh so we're going to read some stories and then we're going to get to uh a few of your voice memos that you left for us now i'm sorry if uh your voice memo didn't make it into this episode if you send us one after we've recorded this we will save it and we'll try to put it up in a future l files episode so here we go. I'll go first. This is called Paranormal Story. Hi, Michael, Bryce, Riley, and L-Files guest. That would be Grace. I wanted to share the paranormal experiences I've had at work. Sorry this is long, but I wanted to take the whole thing, uh, share the whole thing for context. Well, actually, i got to tell you, it's not nearly as long as some of the ones we get. I'm a nurse, and I would work nights at a large hospital in Tennessee. I work on the mother-baby floor, and we moved to our current floor in April of 2018. Prior to us being there, the floor was where cardiac patients were cared for following heart procedures, etc. Working night shifts make the hospital seem especially creepy, but I noticed that our floor is especially so, especially during the renovations when we would come see the progress at night. I always felt like I was being watched. And one night, after we had been on the floor for about six months, I was charting in one of the charting stations in the back hallway of the floor at around three o'clock when suddenly I heard my name said right next to me, plain as day. There was no one there, and I checked all around me, including the hallways next to the charting station, and no one was there. I went to the front nurse's station where most of the other staff were and asked if anyone had come back to where I was or said my name and all they said was that they hadn't. I initially shook it off as just being tired, but still felt creeped out by it. Fast forward to about two weeks later when another nurse heard suspicious noises coming from the supply room in the nursery, like someone was walking around in a small space. This other nurse, let's call her Sarah, used to be a paranormal investigator and knew about my experience as well as other staff hearing weird noises and a few instances of call lights in empty patient rooms going on and off on their own. Who do you think brought the paranormal activity? Hey, Sarah. Blame Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Sarah. Everything was fine till you got here, Sarah. Sarah. 
Sarah decided we should investigate. <laughs> Sounds like a real Sarah. Wow, Sarah. <laughs> Classic oh, should Sarah. we? Oh, should we investigate <laughs> Sarah? Oh, you okay. Happen to we have will. your EKP, EPK? What is it? EK? I never remember. Yeah, your electronic press kit. You're going to interview these ghosts for <laughs> entertainment a tonight. Show. <laughs> I jumped at the chance since I'm interested in this stuff. So that night we placed a roll of silk tape upright like a wheel on a car. Oh, she brought. Props. Oh, she brought. Things. She brought crafts. Uh, on the counter in the nursery, there were no babies around at the time, and said, important sidebar, and said that if a spirit was present, it should make the tape roll across the counter. You imagine if you're the mother of your newborn and you're in the hallway looking through the glass, like, can like, I just ask what they're doing? Oh, it's just a paranormal experiment yeah. real quick. They've been, there's a They've lot of that. They've got tape. Ghosts they're going to the ask ghosts to move the tape. It's fine. And uh, we asked a few times and had just about to give give up when the tape rolled about four inches across the counter. Oh, man. We were standing a few feet away from the counter, so it could not have been any influence from us to make a move. And the tape roll itself was a little bent from being in my pocket that shift. So there had to be some effort put into it to make a move. I had been skeptical up to that point, but that event made me a believer. Since then, Sarah and I have used a small maglite flashlight to ask yes, no questions, which is one of the methods I love that they are now just fully yeah, like on board. spending their uh-huh. time yep. doing paranormal investigations yeah. in the hospital, uh, uh, which is one of the methods she used as an investigator. Twist a flashlight to between off and on to the point that the light does not come on when tapped against your hand. The spirits put their energy in it into it to make the light come on. The handful of times we have done this in various areas on the floor were almost always to get intelligent responses, and the three spirits we have communicated with so far indicated that they are a former nurse on that floor, a patient that died somewhere else in the hospital but hangs out there, and a patient that died on that floor. I imagine them in like the break room with the lights out and candles lit around like a Ouija board. Like, Greg, shut the door! Meanwhile, I still new ghosts to investigate. Yeah. I still continue to hear my name said by a disembodied voice every now and then, and see shadows on occasion. I have been told by a medium that I am likely a medium whose abilities are now just coming online. I'm 29. So, I guess I can now add skilled and therapeutic communication with the deceased as a special <laughs> skill on my resume now. <laughs> Thanks for such an awesome podcast. You guys are great. Thank you. Uh, that's from Rebecca. Rebecca, that was fucking nice. awesome. That's a great one. That is so funny yeah, and so awesome. great and so, so spooky. Um, I love it. I just love it. I love it. You guys are just like... All in. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, <laughs> just the tape and then they were like, oh, that's it. That's <laughs> They're here. The tape moved, guys. Uh, that's crazy shit, though, man. It's great. like, listen, I, I'm fascinated by those those cases. I don't want to use the word poltergeist, but where there's paranormal activity, where things move about rooms and, right. you know, the, the physical world is, is affected somehow. Why don't you want to use the word poltergeist? Is uh, there something weird it, about it? Just, you, don't yeah. like the, you don't like the vibe well, of it? Poltergeist, the actual word is... Uh, Geist means ghost. It comes from a the the etymology is German. I think Geist means ghost. Polter and pol- is chicken. Polter, no, uh, pol- chicken ghost. I was gonna say Polter is like a silly or obnoxious. Oh. Uh, so it's like it's like, like obnox- annoying ghost, obnoxious ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, crazy okay. stuff. All right. All right. One shall thing, I, I just sidebarring yeah. again. I think mm. that's my favorite word today. Apparently, yeah. sidebar. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I heard sidebar, a really guys. interesting uh, This American Life episode. 
where a guy used the, that flashlight method um, in a seance thing to speak to his right. uh, deceased parents. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a debunk on that method, mm-hmm. which is basically that when the light turn, you, you, you unscrew it just enough mm-hmm. so that it can chatter on and off. When the light, uh, when it cools down enough, then the metal will Expand, contract, contract and it will drop and make contact. Right. And then the light will heat up enough, which will cause it to expand and it'll remove contact again. So the light will always do that effect of turning mm. on Rebecca, and off. Rebecca, Sarah's a liar. Then, <laughs> she's been lying to you. <laughs> I'm not saying that. And no, I'm no, not, no. and I obviously can't explain the tape. Oh uh, yeah. But I remember this episode. Yeah, it's a, it's we watched, we heard it together. We'll try to look it up and put in the yeah. show notes, which episode well, it is. But that's a, Another perspective on that flashlight technique, that's right. a thing. I'd hate to be yeah. the, the buzz kill. But. Yeah. No, yeah, and the, the heating and cooling up will change f- the conduit Fun effect. paranormal hey, right. hospital story. Don't shit on our Halloween. Well, well, <laughs> just, sorry, Rebecca. Just to, just to argue against that, too, that's not the only... That's just one experiment. Another experiment with flashlights is one for no, two for yes, you know? So a lot of times people will get, like, a, a communication me- methodology going where it can't just be, like, you know, like right. spontaneous flickers that go on and off. It'll seem like intelligent conversation or intelligent communion, you know? Yeah, yeah. There, there'd but be again, like a w- it's my favorite phrase, the old uh, confirmation bias starts mm-hmm. slipping in there. Yeah, well, maybe. But, you know. What Bryce is saying is like you could get an instance for when you're communicating and it wouldn't have an, like an effect on the cooling up and warming method. Like it would be out of sync with that. You mm. know what I mean? Like you could do a test and get really scientific about it and make sure that like let's it's get not... the moscow institute of theoretical physics right. over here <laughs> right yeah. and let's do this um poltergeist yeah this is uh comes from this is from wikipedia oh, okay the german language words poltern to make sound and to rumble mm. and geist ghost and spirit the terms itself translates into Noisy ghost Noisy or rumble ghost. ghost? I like rumble ghost. Rumble ghost. ghost. That was Let's put it. that on the band or loud spirit. So right. that makes sense. Right. Um, falls. That's very close <clears throat> to what you were saying. It's just a weird rumble All right. ghost. Bryce, what do you got over there? So I have a, a story of high strangeness. Uh, this is from Luke. Um, Let's who, not say his last name just in case. No, yeah. Skywalker. This is from Luke, who I uh, actually uh, might have ran into on a secret project of mine, and he writes in. About seven years ago, an out-of-town friend was coming to visit my house for the first time. As it got later in the evening, the group of us were sitting in the living room, talking and laughing up a storm. The group of us consisted of my brother, his girlfriend, my out-of-town friend, his girlfriend, and myself. Much like anyone else these days, we all had our cell phones laid out on the coffee table in front of us while chatting. In the middle of us talking and laughing, a loud phone ring started to go off. The volume was loud enough to startle us, and the ring went on for a good 20 seconds or more. I immediately asked my friend if he was going to answer his phone. I asked this because I was sure that this ringtone was not my own or my brother's and his girlfriend's. My friend and his girlfriend looked at me in confusion and said, That's not our phone ringing either. We all looked at our phones on the coffee table as this loud ring continued, and sure enough, not one of our cell phones were ringing. What makes this story so strange is that the loud ringtone was the standard classic ring of one of those rotary phones from the 80s. In addition, my house does not have a landline, as we use our cell phones instead. That loud standard ring is what really startled us that evening because none of us use that as ringtones on our cell phones. To make matters worse, 
My house is full of many possessions from my late great-grandmother's house. This includes an old rotary phone, which just so happened to be in a box stored in a cabinet that was right next to the couch where we were all sitting that night. I found the phone in a box wrapped up in a cloth the following day because I had remembered seeing it when I first stored it in my house after my great-grandmother had passed away. We were all a little freaked out that night, and the following day, we still cannot think of how this old phone started ringing in the middle of the night while we were all talking and having a good time. The phone was never plugged in, and even if it were, there was no way for it to receive a call since we do not have a landline service for the house. This event has always stuck in my head, and I still cannot explain this moment of high strangeness. Whoa, Luke. Yeah. That is next level. It's one of the best stories I've ever heard. Yeah, that's crazy. What What if they answered the phone? Oh, that would have been awesome. Oh. That would have been, you would have gotten injured Eric. cold. There is another sky. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is this reminds me of those experiences of John Keel all the time. He would get all kinds of where when sometimes as as he often reported, he would enter a, enter a house to like you know follow up on an investigation, and the phone would ring. Have a bow. <laughs> who are you, who are you supposed to be, Yoda? I don't know what's happening. It's dying Yoda. It's horny he's, dying he's, Yoda. He's making obscene phone calls. Horny dying Yoda. I just can't stop thinking about like them all, si- like the image Yoda. of them all sitting together. Yeah, and they're because we all know what our phone sounds like. Yeah. So them just kind of all being like, uh, "Are you gonna fucking get that, or yeah. you just let it ring?" And then that's none of their ringtones. That creepy. would have been crazy mm-hmm. to like feel that. I love the idea of answering the phone. Like if you would have, like you never know what would have been on the other line. But you know nothing, nobody would have picked up on the other line. They didn't even know that rotary ghost phone was even in the room until later. Uh -uh. That's unbelievable. Should we play a live voicemail from one of our guests? Let's do this. This is one of your Halloween stories that you sent in to us. Hi, Michael. Hi, Bryce. Hi, special guest. Nice. I'm so glad you're here. Sorry, Riley. (laughs) My name is Anne. Sidebar in the email, she shouts me out. So oh, we're okay. All right, good, good. good. One more sidebar there. <laughs> I am a veterinarian, and I play in punk rock bands. Hell yeah! And I'm an avid, avid Bigfoot supporter. Um, I wanted to tell you about the creepy experience I had when I was 15. I still can't explain it to this day. And when I think about it too much, it still gives me the willies. (laughs) Um, So I was 15. I was at home, obviously. Uh, I was watching, I think, the kids in the hall on television. And um, I started to get sleepy and fall asleep. And so I was laying on the couch and I turned my back to the living room. So I was on my side. And then I heard and felt uh, a whispering in my ear as I was dozing off. And um, I could actually feel the, the breath. And the language was not one that I was familiar with. Um, but I pretty much just froze in where I was. And um, I pulled the blanket I was under over my head and then 
um, there was a giant, I don't know how to explain it, but it felt like someone had, was standing over me and like with two fists pounded the pillow next to me as hard as they could so much that my head moved off the pillow. Um, now the, the voice I kind of was freaked out about, but I thought that maybe that was just cause I was dozing off and having a dream, but the kind of fist or whatever hitting my pillow, um, uh, that really freaked me out. And I peeked under the sheet or the blanket to look at the pillow and there was a huge indentation. Um, so then being the very brave 15 year old, I ran, (laughs) I bolted up and I ran, uh, with the blanket over my head, like a banshee, uh, into my mother's room. And I got in there and I asked if I could, uh, sleep in there. And she just kind of mumbled like, yeah, okay. And, um, so I was laying there. I pulled the blanket up over my head again and I was laying there just panicked. Like my stomach was in knots. My heart was racing and I was trying to figure out like what, what the fuck just happened to me? And then it felt, we used to have this big tomcat named Bruno and he was adorable by the way. Um, but it felt like he was a big guy and it felt like he jumped up onto my stomach. Like I felt the feet hit and then the weight, um, onto my stomach. And I still had the blankets over my head because I was a wimp. And then, um, I went to, I don't know, it was kind of comforting that he had jumped up there. And so I went to pet him and I could feel nothing. Um, mind you, the, the blanket is still over my head. <laughs> so I reached around the blanket, under the, from under the blanket and went to pet him and there, there was nothing there. And once I realized that it felt like all 15 pound of cat started to sink through my body, like into the mattress underneath me. And it was kind of like a burning feeling. I can't describe it any other way except burning. Um, and then I woke up my mom (laughs) who I have to say, my mom was a pretty severe alcoholic when I was younger. So, um, she did not appreciate being woken up, (laughs) but to her credit, she was still a great mom and is now much better. But, uh, I, just told her I was very scared and I didn't know what to do. And she um, put her arms around me and then we somehow both fell asleep. Well, I'm sure my mom fell asleep right away, but um, I was comforted by that and we fell asleep and it never happened again. And I still don't know to this day what happened, but it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much. I'm a big fan of both your works, and I really love that I found this podcast a few months ago, and I have since binged them all and caught up, and now I am stuck waiting for each episode to come out, but I am very happy when they do, and I'm very happy that you're doing this. Thank you so much. 
Whoa. Wow, Love Jesus. that. Jesus. Wow. Ghost Cat. What was that listener's name again? <laughs> Annie. Ghost Cat. Go something. Story. Yeah. And, and who is this bejesus we keep hearing about? <laughs> yikes. He's like an off-brand Jesus. <laughs> right, right. He's the RC Cola of yeah. Jesus. 15-pound <laughs> Hellcat. <laughs> um, that's where it was terrifying. Yeah, I like yeah, the part where the cat right goes through her chest. Well, I don't that's think awesome. it was a cat. She thought it was their cat. Mm. And instead, it was whatever this presence was that had been it's pounding on her pillow mm. in the other room. And then it sunk through through her. Ooh, oh, right. The sinking. Yeah. 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 It mm. sounds a lot like the, the, the sleep paralysis accounts, but this one's right. different. This is so some the, negative. The pressure on the chest right. and all that stuff. This is some right. negative energy I shit. It could, yeah. it could have, yeah, a sleep paralysis. I don't know. You I know, it's interesting so. that she brought up her uh, her mother's uh, alcoholism, too, because we, it was something we've talked about a lot on the show is that, you know, that's why they called spirits mm-hmm. and that a lot of alcohol use can potentially open you up to these uh, malevolent well yeah. entities yeah. so you're saying she was she was the 15 year old was drunk or no no, no, no just, oh. just, just the oh, the okay. general alcohol vibe in the house all the oh, time yeah that they're somehow right. open things up to that oh, maybe maybe just that illness is attracting some negative right, energy yeah. along with yeah. it yeah spooky story thanks so much for finding us and listening to the show and oh, wow that i was... love that nurses and doctors and veterinarians are listening to us i feel i feel validated smarter, <laughs> yeah, smarter. smarter. smarter for some I, I think they just need How does that work? smart people like I think they, that transference what I, is that i think they need fluffy distraction from their very stressful <laughs> jobs oh, oh gotcha right, um, right. also grace. so glad to hear your mother's doing better. yes yeah, that's yeah, great. That's good. Thank you so much. uh grace you have a listener story over do. there do you want to read it yes, to the group yeah it's a, it's a uh little bit of a short one um shadow children ghosts interdimensional being question mark okay you be the judge hello bcc and guest that's me i was introduced to you by liza's schlesinger's podcast and have been watching been binge watching since i've always been alien obsessed enough to get a, a tattoo aliens are to me what bigfoot is to bryce awesome i love learning about the mysteries of this world so clearly i've become obsessed with your podcast i apologize in advance for my lack of creative writing and horrible attempt at sharing this story hope you enjoy though i've had multiple ghostly experiences but this one takes the cake when I was somewhere between... I hope it's about a ghost that steals a slice of cake. <laughs> I hope it's about a cake ghost. It actually is not far off. When I was somewhere between 10 and 13, I was in Girl Scouts and lived in Georgia. One weekend, we, Girl Scout troop, went camping at Lake Rainier, Lake Lanier, which has its own spooky past. We were up on a hill from the lake, and below was a beachy area. My friends and I were talking outside our tents when we heard kids laughing. It sounded close, yet almost echoed as if it was far away. We looked down the hill to the beach to see about five or six kids running around. However, these kids were solid black. Clothes, shoes, skin, no color on any part of their bodies. Body spelt with a Z. Hell yeah. As if it were just a silhouette of them. We shortly went down there to check out the water. Upon stepping out of the woods and onto the beach, we were immediately greeted by a barking dog coming our way. Hmm. He was with two guys who were sitting at the edge of the woods. I asked them how long they had been there and whether or not they saw the kids running by moments before. They said no and that they had been there for an, over an hour and explained that the dog's barking and explained that their dog barks at anyone who walks by. 
I got chills after hearing this. Mm. No idea who or what those kids were, but it has often crossed my mind for years. Hope you enjoyed my brief story. I might send more in the future. Thanks, guys. Whoa, spooky children. Wow. Yeah, so she's children. saying that if the if the children had been there, the dog would have barked because the dog barked at them. So, yeah. So definitely some ghosts happening. Super you know what's amazing, spooky. man? Is like you, you hear all these stories and and all these people have these like sort of one-off instances that just totally set them on a path right. of like wanting to know more about the world of the strange yeah it's so interesting and and sometimes they have recurring things but but all it takes is that one thing for somebody to Mm -hmm. see or to experience to 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 sort of change their life forever or at least their views anyway it's wild i mean i think we can all relate i want to know what the other girl scouts i need a follow-up because i want to know what the other girl scouts get your whole troop to write in i want to know (laughs) track them down also five three four (laughs) (laughs) also can we have some girl scout cookies yeah yes please all right riley you got one i do bryce did you want to hop on the keyboard for this one we've been wanting to do this for a while why don't you pull up that stool over there switch up everybody sit sit next to mr bray and wow, you vibes. get to hit that All right, buddy. soundboard. All right. Oh, yeah, here we go. Hit me. Hit me one time. Spooky. Hello. I would like to start with, I love your podcast. And I've listened to your episodes over and over. All right. Repeat listens. I found you through The Witch and the Medium, and now I'm a huge fan. Thank you for all the entertaining episodes, and I wish you luck on future plans. That is some spooky sounds for very light intro yeah when you push it harder it makes the noise get scary oh you can't even hear what you're doing put mine on put mine on put mine on (laughs) here's my story couldn't hear what he was doing (laughs) a group of my friends and i went out drinking one weekend catching up and hanging out one night we all somehow got back to our friend denny's house plastered out of our minds but in one piece None of us were in any condition to drive home, so we crashed around the house. On the floor, pool table, lazy boys, etc. I passed out on the couch in the front family room. Denny didn't use the room much, so the lights were always off and it seemed a little bit creepy to me. I figured it was because it was always dark. I woke up feeling hands around my neck, choking me. I could not breathe. I could not move. I could not see anything there. Note that I have never had sleep paralysis before this. I am aware of old hag, old hag syndrome, but this wasn't it. I didn't feel a weight on my chest. I felt each individual finger around my neck, and that's how tight it was squeezing. Right before I passed out, it let go, and I gasped for breath. I ran out of the room and stayed in the kitchen until someone else woke up, so I wasn't alone. Denny was the first one up. I mentioned it to him, trying my best to convince myself it was a combination of a nightmare and sleep paralysis. He responded with, Oh yeah, that must have been the ghost. Excuse me? Yeah, the ghost. Apparently, the previous owner of his house was an old white man who died of a heart attack in the front room. He told me most girls that he tried to bring home were creeped out by that room and refused to go in there. I mentioned he was white because I myself am half white, half Native American female, born out of wedlock. If he was an old-fashioned sexist, I hit all his red buttons. (laughs) Also, both my Native American grandmothers were medicine women, one turned witch in her later years. That's the only reason why I can think he would have gone after me. 
He says the guy's never attacked anyone before and doesn't bother him, so he hasn't tried to get rid of him. Jessica. My God. Whoa, cool story, Jessica. That was a cool story. She followed up. Nice with work, that. Bryce. With this, with Good job, Bryce. Yeah, great, great cues. What's that thing called again? This machine that we yeah, use? Yeah, the machine that all this the spooky sounds This is an Ableton push. Riley always calls push? it a spaceship. Yeah. Um, Jessica followed up with that email and said that now they think the family thinks that maybe she had been uh, abducted or uh, visited by extraterrestrial forces that night. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. wow. So I thought that was That's cool. a hell of a follow-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I they, just, they've been thinking about it. I remember I replied to that email, and I just remember talking to her and be like, it's so funny that your friend was just like, oh, yeah, that's the ghost. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the ghost. Like, oh, you mean re- the ghost? Like you, it's like it's a roommate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, the ghost makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's creepy, dude. That's a scary. The the oh. uh, the malevolent ones really. Uh, yeah, they're no bueno. Yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we have uh, another um, voice message that we're gonna play before we jump over to this week's story of high strangeness. Let's you do it. You are gonna love it. Hi, Michael, Bryce, and Riley. My name's Amy, and I want to tell you about my paranormal story. Oh, love that accent. My story begins when I was fifteen, and my great grandmother passed away. She was very active in the year after she died. We experienced many different things happening. Most notably, our computer would turn itself on during the night. Our family would hear the window song blasting through the house. Once it even turned on right in front of me while I was sitting there. One evening while I was in bed, I felt an arm wrap itself around my waist and my mum told me it was my grandmother's way of greeting people. My brother also had the blankets pulled up over him that same night. My dad worked in a convenience store and witnessed drink cup lids fly out of the holders and his headlights blinking on and off in the car park. My dog even started barking at a cabinet that had her picture in it and hid under the table whimpering. I heard the hallway door close on its own while no one else was around and things fall into the sink while home alone. It stopped after one year, but it made me a believer. Wow. Wow. Crazy. A lot of teens being touched by ghosts today. Yeah, yes. maybe not. Yeah, spooky yeah. stuff. Wow, that that's some poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. Wait, was she saying it was her grandmother? Right? Yeah, it was her grandma. Well, yeah. but there was like stuff falling in the sink and stuff. You know? the, most, the, the grandmother, though, turning on a computer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Way to go, job, Grandma. Granny. Oh, my God. Oh, that was a cool story. That was awesome story. You know, I was um, thinking, though, it's like, I think so many people are afraid to share their stories because it's so easy to just, you know, discount that as like, oh, what are you talking about? Computers go on and off all the time or things fall all the time. You know, so many people just so quickly and easily discount these things. It's just like, oh, you're just, you're over exaggerating. Dog barking at the photo and then hiding and whimpering under the table. That's insane. Well, it's, it's, it's discounting someone's intelligence. Be like, no, I know what i experienced you know right or discounting your own when you want to be like no that's not absolutely so we're happy to hear your stories and thank you for sending them um thank you so much amy all right guys we're going to take a quick break and we have a special high strangeness halloween treat stick around you're gonna love it okay and we're back and it's time for this week's story of high strangeness that's right We wanted to add one more Halloween-inspired high strangeness for you guys this month. So uh, it's Bryce's turn. Bebop? Yeah. Take it away, baby. Man, did this someone uh, send me down a rabbit hole. Oh, boy. That's what I love about these stories of high strangeness is you never know what you're going to get. 
Um, you may recall it's like of, a box of high strangeness. <laughs> like, <laughs> high strangeness is like a box of chocolates. You never know what rabbit hole you're going to go down. That was terrible. Let's just stop right there. <laughs> you know, it's well known amongst the denizens of New Orleans that why sorry my computer is giving me all Who's, my messages old tiny phone off. is it's, ringing it's from mine. a closet Let me turn it off stop turn turn yourself off messages <laughs> oh, look, I like out. that giant a, Bigfoot just popped up on his computer. Right, never mind. That. <laughs> never, mind that. never mind that. Why is that Bigfoot's yeah. anus <laughs> displayed? Are you, this is Bryce Johnson. Such a prominent it's fashion. Not that strange. He did something and then a huge photo of Bigfoot just popped up. Listen, it's, it's not that strange when you think about it. Oh my All God. right, here we go. You know, it's well known amongst the denizens of New Orleans, that a most mysterious man came to inhabit the French Quarter in the early part of the 19th century. An illuminated master who came over on a ship's barge from France, housed in a sealed coffin. It was only upon the ship's arrival in port that the dock workers discovered the coffin, which appeared to be pushed open from the inside by someone's bloody handprints. How anyone could survive the long and treacherous journey without food or water was anyone's guess. Now, upon entering the famed French Quarter, a mysterious man found a property for sale. But having no official records or paperwork of his background, the property owner was hesitant. It wasn't until he slipped off his large blue diamond medallion and handed it to the property owner, saying, This should well cover it. The property owner responded by saying, just what's your name anyway, mister? To which the beautifully pale-faced man replied, Why, good sir, you may call me Jacques. Jacques St. Germain. Is this just fan fiction that you wrote? <laughs> no, this is a true story, dude. What's the t- name of this story? I call it Jacques St. Germain, the Vampire of New Orleans. Oh. Jacques, arri- Jacques' arrival marked an illustrious time for the strange inhabitants of the Big Easy. Lavish parties were thrown by Jacques all over the city, although never at his place. He would always pay for these huge extravaganzas with rare gems and precious stones, to which he seemed to have an endless supply. Strange, though, he would never eat or drink at his soirees, but he would partake of a strange goblet filled with a red tea or wine. Oh, please. Perhaps something else, Grace. Jacques could strike up a conversation with just about anyone, and regale them with tales of times long ago. Battles fought, conversations held in high court, secret romances of kings and queens, as if he was somehow there. It was only when one night that Jacques invited a prostitute back to his place that things started to unravel. (laughs) Yes, a sex worker. As the story goes, Jacques invited her up to his residence, and as they got into the room, she was unsettled by the queer and uneasy smell that she started to regret her decision. But as she tried to leave, Jacques vanished from where he was by the window and magically reappeared by the door to block her exit. She screamed. Jacques, with the strength of ten men, lifted her up off the ground by her throat and tried to plunge his teeth into her neck. But fate would have other plans. This one was not going to go quietly. With every ounce of her being, she somehow managed to escape his grip and fled the only way she could, through the window. With a loud crash, she fell two stories to the ground below, 
breaking her leg and screaming for help. As passerbyers came to her aid, she pointed to the second-story window where her, her, where her attacker resided. The police were summoned, and as they made their way up to Jacques' residence, they opened the door to find a most peculiar scene. There were bottles everywhere filled with what looked like a thick red substance, a substance that could also be found stained on the walls and on the floor. Yet there was no sign of Jacques. The police took the prostitute to the hospital, sex worker, where she told them of Jacques' unearthly maneuvers and appetite. Word got around quite quickly of her harrowing escape, and the good people of New Orleans began to talk. There had been a lot of people to go missing ever since Jacques' arrival, and looking back, although extremely well-groomed and mannered, he certainly was an odd fellow. The police never found their man, nor did he ever return to his residence at 1039 Royal Street, where to this day the room is cordoned off and the second-story window where the lady jumped out is laid over with red brick. On occasion, it has been reported that a devilishly handsome man will appear out of nowhere in some dark alley and ask for a light. My name is Bryce Johnson. <laughs> and as Would the, you like to see a picture of Bigfoot? <laughs> <laughs> and as the red ember burns the end of his cigarette, this strange European accent tints the air by responding, And that's not for Jacques, eh? <laughs> and like that, he is gone. It didn't take long for the people of New Orleans to start to wonder if Jacques St. Germain was in fact one and the same with one of the most mysterious and enigmatic personas history has ever known. That of Comte de Saint Germain. They both looked alike. They both had incredible mastery over the English language as well as many others. It was as if they both had skills that would take lifetimes to master. And perhaps they did. The similarities were stacking up. So just who is this Comte de Saint-Germain. First and foremost, I'd love to show you a picture of, uh, of that residence, which is a real place in New Orleans. You probably may recognize it if you've been there. Are these real uh, people? Oh, that's oh. Cafe du Monde. Oh, yeah. Look at that. No. Oh, oh. I've, I've, I've seen that something a lot similar. like that. I've seen... That. Yes, these are real people. These are people that are documented by many people yes. that ha- have been... Wait till I start to go into who this Comte de Saint-Germain is. God damn. It is incredible. This sent me down a spiral. Comte Bryce de is now Germain. really into the goth scene here in L.A. Yeah, I'm going to go golf for sure. Right now. I'm, I'm going great. You've I'm been, going golf after You've this. been <laughs> spending your nights at underground clubs. Yes. Comte de Saint-Germain mysteriously came on the scene in France in the 1700s, though records suggest he may have been alive long before that. Some say even during the time of Christ. French historian and philosopher Voltaire, King Louis XV, and Italian writer and adventurer Casanova all claim to have known him. No way. Voltaire even said, he is a man who knows everything and who never dies. Um. Some even claim he was given the staff of Moses by none other than Moses himself. Oh, is that how uh, David Serena got it? He must have passed it on. Maybe. Call back. Just maybe. Wow. So, So all of those historical people... Have yeah. claimed to know him. Yes, and I'll get to more wow. how he seems to be in everybody's personal memories. I'm blown away. The Comte Saint Germain was recognized as an outstanding scholar and linguist of his day. His linguistic proficiency verged on the supernatural. 
He spoke German, English, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, French with a Piedmontese accent, Greek, Latin, Sanskrit, Sanskrit, Arabic, and Chinese with such fluency that in every land in which he visited, he was accepted as a native. Learned, writes one author, speaking every civilized language admirably. A great musician, an excellent chemist, he played the part of a prodigy and played it to perfection. Even his most relentless detractors admitted that the Comte was possessed of almost incredible attainments in every department of learning. The Comte was ambidextrous to such a degree that he could write the same article with both hands simultaneously. When the two pieces of paper were afterwards placed of one upon the other, with the light behind them, the writing on one sheet exactly covered the writing of the other. He could repeat pages of print after one reading to prove that the two lobes of his brain could work independently. He wrote a love letter with his right hand and a set of mystical verses with his left, both at the same time. Now, there's only one book attributed to this mysteriously and supposedly immortal Comte de Saint-Germain, and that is uh, a book called The Trinisophia, an allegorical account of spiritual initiation. Now, Manley Hall, who I'll get to in a second, wrote the intro for this book. And whether Hall's claim that St. Germain was or is a key Rosicrucian figure is true or not, this is indeed one of the rarest of occult books. And I want to just go to um, Manley Hall's great tome, The Secret can Teaching. You, can you give people listening, uh, who is Man... Give them a who is Manley Hall. Well, for those who don't know, Manley P. Hall is widely regarded as a sage and a teacher steeped in the wisdom of antiquity. He was one of the leading esoteric scholars of the 20th century. In 1934, he founded the Philosophical Research Society in Los Angeles, which is still up and running to this day. And oh, I, we should go. I love to go there. They have the most incredible seminars and lectures. By the time he was 23, Manley Hall had written this, The Secret Teaching of All Ages. Bryce is hoisting a book in the air. Which is... A big book. I mean, Coffee the guy's stand. knowledge on everything from uh, the Rosicrucianisms, uh, Freemasonry, uh, Celtic Knights, all of it. The guy seems to just have an unendless supply of knowledge. He writes... While the intellectualists flounder among contradictory theories, the mystic treats the problem in an entirely different manner. And this is all in regards to Comte de Saint-Germain. He believes that the true Rosicrucian fraternity, consisting of a school of supermen, not unlike the fabled Mahatmas of India, is an institution existing not in the visible world, but in its spiritual counterpart, which he sees fit to call the inner planes of nature that the brothers can be reached only by those who are capable of transcending the limitations of the material world. Those professing this theory regard the Comte de Saint-Germain as their highest adept and assert that he and Christian Rosencruz were one and the same individual. For those who don't know, Christian Rosencruz, or C.K., is supposedly the mythological founder of the Rosicrucianism movement. Whoa. Now... He goes this guy on, is quite the dandy. I mean, my God. It goes on to say, During the early part of the 18th century, there appeared in the diplomatic circles of Europe the most baffling personality of history, a man whose life was so near a synonym of mystery that the enigma of his true identity was as insolvable 
to his contemporaries as it has been to later investigators. This remarkable person also had the surprising and impressive ability to divine, even to the most minute details, the questions of his inquisitors before they were asked, by something akin to telepathy. He was also able to feel when his presence was needed in some distant city or state, and it has even been recorded of him that he had the astonishing habit not only of appearing in his own apartment and in those of friends without resorting to the conventionality of the door, but also of departing therefrom in a similar manner. Like a bat, like in that girl's story, that prostitute, how he just zipped across the room. Sex worker. In one flash to another. This is all from the secret teachings of well, the story all of, ages. Yes. That you're reading right the, now. That's right. The story of Comte de Saint-Germain, who people really believe uh, that Jacques Saint-Germain was. Because right. he, he yeah. even told circles at these soirees uh, that he and was And of course, today we all know he's Nicolas Cage. That's yeah, right. That's right. right. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Now... He was on. No, I digress. He was not. He's not Nicolas Cage. Keep in mind, people, this is real Are we sure? shit. Yeah, but haven't you seen the pictures of Nicolas Cage from like 200 years ago? Oh, yeah. Right. There's yeah, that one of Jay-Z, too. Yeah, that's really, that's that really shocking. I have a question just to energetic. Yeah. Um, what Was Comte Saint de Germain, was he very like self-serving or was he kind of like a Jesus archetype where he was helping serving other people? You know, it, that's, it's a great question. It's never, it, it's never really alluded Specified. to the fact that he was like a philanthropist or something. He wouldn't, he would engage these people at parties with these incredible stories of like Egypt and India. And these he seems inc- pretty into seems himself. Seems kind of like a D-bag to yeah, be honest. Right. Yeah. I think he's what we could call a malignant narcissist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, um... Manly St. Hall goes on to say he was on familiar and intimate terms with the crowned heads of Europe and the honored friend of many distinguished persons of all nationalities. He is even mentioned in the memoirs and letters of the day and always as a man of mystery. Frederick the Great, Voltaire, Madame de Pompadour, Rousseau, Chatham and Walpole, all of whom knew him personally, rivaled each other in curiosity as to his origin. Now and again, The curtain which shrouds his actions is drawn aside, and we are permitted to see him fiddling in the music room at Versailles, gossiping with Horace Walpole in London, sitting in Frederick the Great's library at Berlin, or conducting illuminist meetings in caverns by the Rhine. I love the idea that there are like all these famous people are just hanging out with a vampire. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Now, it will yet be established beyond all doubt, says Hall that the Comte de Saint-Germain was both a Mason and a Templar. In fact, the memoirs of Cagliostro, one of the greatest Freemasons and uh, Magi of all time, says, uh, the memoirs of Cagliostro contain a direct statement of his initiation into the Order of the Knights Templars at the hands of Saint-Germain. So it was Saint-Germain who initiated Cagliostro. Now, it is also reasonably certain He's that he was... He's the Mace Windu of the Rosicrucians. Basically, it is also reasonably certain that he was connected with the Rosicrucians, possibly having been the actual head of that order. The Comte de Saint-Germain was thoroughly conversant with the principles of Oriental esotericism. He practiced the Eastern system of meditation and concentration. Upon several occasions, having been seated with his feet crossed and hands folded in the posture of a Hindu Buddha... 
he had a retreat in the heart of the Himalayas, to which he retired periodically from the world. On one occasion, he declared that he would remain in India for 85 years and then would return to the scene of his European labors. At various times, he admitted that he was obeying the orders of a power higher and greater than himself. What he did not say was that this, his superior, was the mystery school which had sent him into the world to accomplish a definite mission. The Comte de Saint-Germain and Sir Francis Bacon, one of my heroes, are the two greatest emissaries sent into the world by the secret brotherhood in the last thousand years. Now, E. Francis Udney, a theosophical writer, is of the belief that the Comte de Saint-Germain was not the son of Prince Rokosi of Transylvania, but because his age, he could have been none other than the prince himself, who was known to be a deep philosophic nature and a mystic. The same writer believes that Comte de Saint-Germain passed through the philosophic death as Francis Bacon in 1626, as Francis Rokosi, Prince of Transylvania in 1735, and as Comte de Saint-Germain in 1784. He also feels that the Comte de Saint-Germain was the famous Comte de Diablis, and Count Hompesh was the last Grand Master of the Knights of Malta, and it is well known that many members of the European secret societies have feigned death for various purposes. Marshal Ney, a member of the Society of Unknown Philosophers, escaped the firing squad, and under the name of Peter Stewart, Ney lived and taught school for over 30 years in North Carolina. On his deathbed, Ney told Dr. Locke, the attending physician, that he was Marshal Ney of France. Now, in concluding, an article on this identity of the inscrutable Comte de Saint-Germain, Andrew Lang writes... Did St. Germain really die in the palace of Prince Charles of Hesse about 1780-85? Did he, on the other hand, escape from the French prison where grossly thought he saw him during the French Revolution? Was he known to Lord Lytton about 1860? Is he the mysterious Muscovite advisor to the Dalai Lama? Who knows? He is a will-o'-the-wisp of the memoir writers of the 18th century. Whoa! Isn't that crazy? God. Will of the Wisp, but it's a I know. total callback to that. But it's astonishing. Wow. This dude, this dude, seems to show up everywhere. Right uh, in Marie Antoinette's court, telling yeah. her of the things to come in King Louis XV's favor. He's all over the place. He never seemed to age. Never seemed to die. And right. um, and he's in the memoirs of people like Frederick the Great, Frederick the Great, Voltaire. This all is very strange. Stuff. Very strange indeed. I have a question yes. about that. Do you think that it's possible that like Comte de Saint Germain could be like like a like a t- like a title that people have? To- maybe 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 it was like something the that- Batman. Like yeah, oh, right. like in yeah. Princess Bride. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, the dreaded black, right? The, the, dreaded pirate bl- Roberts. Yeah. I mean, pirate yeah, Roberts. Dread pirate That's Roberts. what I'm saying. You know, it's like it's what if it's something like that? It's, it's like possible. a society yeah. that keeps propping this. Yeah, it's like this is up. the Comte because you referred to him several times as the Comte, right? Yeah, so well, maybe you that's... know, there's one author uh, I forget her name, but she goes on to say that he took multiple identities over right. over lifetime after lifetime and worked as a secret agent. I could definitely court. see it as like a generation cult right and they all act like they're all taking on the like identity of this yeah, guy that's a great that's a great theory kind of I, a never, cool... I never thought of that you know 
there's a, that would explain if he, it. If he showed up in so many different places, he spoke so many different languages fluently. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you'd think that maybe it's not one person, but maybe an entity that has many different people. Yeah. You know, you know, it was said that he would travel around with an elixir of light, the tea of Saint Germain, and to this day, you can go into a health food store and find Saint Germain's no tea. Wow! Yeah. Wow! This got me fascinated. Oh, it's pretty great. Yeah, but uh, that that house does exist in New Orleans. It is bricked over and. As the legend goes, it is from a mysterious man uh, who bought things with rubies and diamonds and gemstones, uh, a Jacques de Saint-Germain. Awesome. Great job, dude. Great story. Spooky vampire stuff. We said we might get some vampires this month, and we did. There you go. Vampires. Um, They're real. They are real. Great. Add them to the belief. Thank you so much for joining us again on the show. Yeah, what a pleasure. Part of the family. We always love having you. Um, so here's what is happening next week, guys. We are taking our traditional two week break in between Halloween and the second week of November. Um, so next week there will be no new episode. There will be a, an episode from the Patreon page, the other side's vault. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber, uh, it will be new to you. So you will have something new to listen to. And if you are a member of the other side, we will have a all-new Patreon reward episode for you up over on the other side as well. So everybody gets something new. This is what we've been doing. Um, and then we will be back the uh, in two weeks with an all-new episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Um, so that's that. Also... Bryce, this mm. is October 30th. Yes. And I hear tomorrow there is some news dropping. It's Halloween, we will be dropping the official announcement of my secret project that everyone has been so patient uh, with me waiting to announce. So I'm excited to let the cat out of the bag or the Bigfoot out of the woods. So, uh, and keep an eye on your podcast feed because tomorrow something special might just pop up there. So stay tuned. Uh, All right, guys. Thanks again for celebrating uh, Halloween and two years with Bigfoot Collectors Club. We love you guys. Um, I'm McMills on all the stuff. Please check out the new season of Robot Chicken on Adult Swim. Uh, Bryce's news is coming tomorrow. Riley, do you have anything to plug? New Spindrift album comes soon. Uh, not that soon, but soon. Okay, yeah. great. You and great. Sharing some samples with us too. Um, yeah, Blowing working my on mind. my record. Um, Look out for some Grace Mitchell DJ sets. Oh, and where can people find you on social media? Yeah, yeah. My everything is at Grace Mitchell. Fantastic. Oh, and guys, check out our uh, T Public shop, and all of our shirts and merch are up over there. tpublic.com Bigfoot Collectors Club. Okay, guys, we are going to see you in two weeks. Until then, good night and go get regrets. Happy Halloween! Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. To support the show, check out our Patreon feed, BCC, The Other Side, at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club, and unlock multiple bonus episodes every month.
Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.